Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We Today we'll study Jeremiah 50, that's the prophet Yirmiyahu, chapter 50. Uh, this chapter is very long, but I will do it all in one podcast simply because it's all one theme and um, it reads pretty quickly. The meaning of the words and is, is pretty straightforward in most cases. Of course, there are some very important lessons I, I want to point out and draw your attention to. Before we begin, um, for starters, uh, the, you know, we, this last couple chapters, Jeremiah has been turning his attention to all the other nations. And basically, he's been saying, he listed all the other nations that are also going to be swept up by the Babylonian conquest. And we mentioned, in, uh, to the extent that we could, we analyzed each nation. It was nations of Egypt and Edom and Moab and all the other nations, and what their sins were and what their issues were and why God had determined that all of these nations should um, <clears throat> suffer subservience and, and punishment at the hands of the Babylonians. Also, I'd like to point out that um, during the course of studying the book of Jeremiah, we've seen several times how Jeremiah was accused of being a sympathizer with the Babylonians because he kept on advising the people to be subservient to the, to the Babylonians, to, um, uh, to ac- accept the, the um, overlordship of the Babylonian king and not to rebel against them, and that that would be the only way to remain safe from destruction. Uh, so the people uh, of, of Judah often accuse him of being a Babylonian sympathizer. Near the end of the book, from these last two chapters, Jeremiah makes it very clear that he was not a Babylonian sympathizer at all, but rather he was giving good advice that, that was the advice that came straight from God because the people deserved punishment and they deserved to be subservient to the Babylonians and that God, for whatever reason, had chosen the Babylonians to be the most powerful nation in the Middle East at this particular juncture in history, but not because he had any particular love for them because these next two chapters, 50 and 51, he is going to say prophecy about the ultimate destruction of Babylonia, which was going to occur uh, several generations later at the hands of the Persians who were then going to become the next big conqueror of and, and, and the next big power in the Middle East uh, uh, political landscape. So these two chapters is, is Jeremiah's discussion of the destruction of the kingdom of Babylon, which is going to occur. Uh, we know that it's going to occur uh, you know, in retrospect, we know that this happened at the hands of the Persians. And also at about that time when King Cyrus of Persia was the powerful leader of the Middle East, he then, after destroying the Babylonians, Cyrus, after the Persians destroyed the Babylonian kingdom and, and, and took charge, Cyrus allowed the Jews to return to Israel and to rebuild the temple and so on. So this is foretelling all of those events that... Babylon, yes, now they're very powerful, and I've just told you about all the destruction they're going to um, wreak upon all of the, the wicked nations, and we explained the arrogance of all the nations, the idol worship, the, the, the particular cruelty that they had, and the various um, um, 
uh, sins of the various nations, Babylon is going to take over. But Babylon themselves is going to be way too brutal with its victims. And therefore, Babylon themselves will suffer destruction in the end at the hands of the Persians. The one thing that we are always left to wonder about is the, the turning of the wheels of history. It, all, it obviously doesn't make sense to us. We can sometimes get some hints as to why God decides this nation over that nation. But for whatever reason, which we'll never really understand, God chose Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to be the one who was the instrument of his punishment upon all of these other nations of the Middle East, and then, after several generations, decided that it was time for Babylon to go, presumably uh, because of their um, evil. Once Babylon was gone that it also coincided with the return of Israel to uh, to Judah, to, to, to the land of Judea, to the land of Israel. This is also going to be prophesied in this chapter, and now I think it's time to start looking at the verses and read through the chapter. Like I said, it's a bit long, um, a lot of words of destruction, but scattered here and there are some interesting things which we're definitely going to point out. Hadovor asher diber Adonai el Bavel el Eretz kastim biyad hanavi. This is the first verse. The word that God spoke concerning Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, through Jer- Jeremiah the prophet. Hagidu v'agoyim, announce it among the nations v'hashmiu, and make it heard, and let everyone hear us'u'nes, and carry a banner, a sign. Make sure people listen and understand. Hashmiu al Let it be heard and do not be afraid. Presumably, Jeremiah would be afraid to say this because he's speaking in the time when Babylon is the power and saying that Babylon will one day be destroyed could be a dangerous thing to say. Especially Jeremiah, who, as we know, because he had counseled not to rebel against Babylon, he had was treated with favor by Nebuchadnezzar the king and, and he asked his armies not to harm Jeremiah and to give him a choice to where he wanted to live. You might, one might suspect that Jeremiah would be afraid to pronounce what he's about to pronounce in this chapter and in chapter 51. So God has to tell him, do not be afraid. Imru, but it's, uh, this is also in, in plural. So do not, all of you who are announcing this, don't be afraid to announce it. Make it known. Imru nil bavel. Bavel is captured. It's speaking of it in past tense. Because many times prophecies are spoken of in past tense, even though he's prophesying about something that's going to happen. Of course, this is going to happen years after Jeremiah's passing. Hovish Bel Chet Mirodach. The um, Bel is shamed. Bel is one of the Babylonian gods. And or Bavel might mean Bavel in this land is the land of Baal. Uh, it could be just a, simply the translation of the word Babylon based on their god of Baal. Chat Mirodach. Mirodach, who is another one of the Babylonian gods, has chat, has been broken and smashed. Hovishu atzabel chatu giluleha. Her statues are shamed, her idols are broken. I heard um, online from... Uh, Rabbi Menachem Liebtag, an interesting point which he had from some of the commentaries, that Atzabeha 
is a word that means statues, but it also has the same root as the word etzev, sadness. These statues, have, which they worshipped and people expected to rescue the, the country, actually were atzabel, were the ones that made them sad. And gilulea is, uh, means idols, but it also comes from the root of galal, which is, which is, uh, um, as, which is uh, 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 human excrement. Uh, so chatu gilula. So it's also a play on words here, calling the idols uh, things that are worthless, like excrement, things that do, are 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 just make you sad instead of bring about the happiness that you're trying to bring about when you worship them. Why? Because gilala a nation from the north has come upon it, and this nation, of course, as we know in retrospect, is the nation of Persia. Who yashit et he shall render her land desolate. There will be no inhabitant within her. Humans and animals alike will wander off and be gone. By Amimahema, this is verse 4, in those days of and at that time, this is what God says. In other words, he is standing in the past and predicting, not in the past, standing in the present and predicting the future. At the time after the kingdom from the north Persia comes and conquers Babylon, this is also the time that the children of Israel, Hema, they, Uvne Yehudayachtav, and the children of Judah together, Haloch Uvacho Yelechu, they will come, Haloch Uvacho, walking and crying, like we know from the Psalms, Haloch Yelech Uvacho, Nosei Meshach Asara, that the return to Zion, people will be coming and crying, they will be weeping, the simple meaning of this weeping is the sadness of the weeping. I mean, is a hap is a is a happy kind of weeping, but it also is weeping over all of the calamities that occurred, the destruction of the temple, the difficulty of the exile. Even when the redemption comes, one still cries over the pains and suffering of the past. Um, that is how they will arrive. Yet Adonai Eloheimi Vakeshu, and they are going to come to Jerusalem searching for their Lord, their God. As they come, this is verse 5, Tzion Yishalu, they're going to ask, where is Zion? Remember we had so many times in Isaiah, Jeremiah before, put up signs, show people how to get to Zion because you're going to be coming back. Derech heina p'neihem, with their faces towards here, in other words, towards, um, towards there, meaning towards the land of of, of, of Israel, come, let's all come and let us all uh, join ourselves to God. This is a covenant that lasts forever. <clears throat> let us rejoin God in an eternal covenant that will never be forgotten. Verse 6, again referring to the return of the people of Israel to Judea after the destruction of the Babylonian kingdom. Son of Dot Hayuami. My nation, while they were wandering in exile, were like lost sheep, Royem Hitum. Those that shepherded them, they led them in the wrong direction. They led them astray. Those false prophets who 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 kept telling them bad advice and kept telling them, you know, this we, we had this repeatedly throughout the book of Jeremiah, his arguments with these false prophets who repeatedly told the people to continue in their ways and not to worry rather than to follow the advice of Jeremiah, they led them in the wrong direction. Harim Shovivum, they, they, they just let them loose in the mountains. Um, 
They wandered from mountain to hilltop. They forgot the place where they were supposed to rest. This Ribtzam is a, a sheep resting in the grass. They have their places where they're safe, where they know they can rest and relax, but they couldn't, they couldn't even remember where that was. They were misled. They were wandering. However, and what happened? So once they're exposed like that, everyone who encountered them, all of the nations, while they were in exile found them in Achalum and devoured them, the image of a predator devouring the sheep. And those people that tormented them would say, it's not our fault. These, they sinned to God, God who is the righteous pasture, the pasture which is based on righteousness. means God wanted, God is, is the the, the, we're looking at this image of the place where the sheep are, are safe and in pasture. The pasture of God is the pasture of righteousness. And they were not righteous. They, they, got, they got themselves lost in the mountains. Therefore, we can go ahead and predate upon them. We can go ahead and attack them. And they rebelled against the hope of their fathers, the one who their fathers hoped would help them. They rebelled against him. So don't blame us. Don't blame us, it's not our fault. And verse 8 goes back to the um, uh, goes back to the destruction of Babylon. Uh, you know, and we'll find this flip back and forth several times from the redemption of Israel that's hap- that's gonna happen at, as a result of the destruction of Babylon and around the same period of time to the destruction of Babylon. So verse 8, Nudumitok Babel. Wander away from inside Babylon. And get out of the land of the Chaldeans. Remember, Babylon and the Chaldeans is all one nation. And be like the lead goat of the herd of goats. When wild goats go, they follow the lead of the male uh, head of the pack, of the, of the um, herd. So be like that male goat lead the people away, get them out of there because destruction is coming. God says, because I am about to arouse and bring up against the people of Babylon, um, an assembly of nations, in other words, all the nations allied with Persia, which is even greater than the land of of. of, of I'm sorry, a, a, a band of great nations, Me'ert Safon, from the land of the north, and they will set, array themselves in battle formation around her and capture her there. Their arrows are those of a successful and well-trained warrior. They will not come back empty-handed. In other words, they are going to... Um, um, uh, actually literally means like I just said they will not come back empty handed which would mean they're going to loot and and take from Babylon but here most translators feel that this is that they're, they're very successful warriors they're very well trained so that they never miss their mark the arrow always gets to its spot the arrow doesn't come back empty in other words without hitting its target verse 10 the the Chaldeans shall become spoils themselves. All of those that spoil her, that will come to attack her, will be sated, uh, said, no, Madonai says God. In other words, they're all going to get 
a lot of spoils from this attack. For you have rejoiced, you have celebrated. You who pillaged my possession. God is saying, why are you being destroyed, Babylon? Because you were so happy and exalted in your when you crushed my inheritance, when you crushed my people, my people of Israel and Judah, when you crushed them. You stomped like a calf that was threshing with joy, with happiness. Ke'eglachadasha gives the image of a of a child, a baby cow, jumping around like like young animals do. They jump and enjoy and happiness. Yes, I, and you neighed with 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 um with the victory, like like stallions, like old strong horses. Will neigh when they went beat over their, their their they vanquished their enemies, and in other words, it's not so much the fact. I know I allowed you to take over them, but the joy with which you you crushed my nations, the joy with which you stomped over your enemies, the joy with which you exalted in your in the suffering of others. This is the reason why your nation is getting punished now and coming to an end. So here, God explains to us what the sin of Babylon was. Yes, he allowed Babylon to do what they were going to do, but the way, the nature in which they got pleasure from the suffering of others is something that God would not tolerate and therefore destroyed Babylon. Now, Bosha Imchem, your mother is very, very um, shamed and embarrassed of you, Ma'od. The one who gave birth to you is disgraced because she gave birth to this great grand nation and now she sees her warriors, her sons, going out there and acting like animals, acting, and, and I'm, you know, actually worse than animals, <laughs> acting in, in, in just inhumane ways towards their enemies. At the end of the nations, what's going to be? It's just going to be wilderness, parched land, and desert. And we've seen this many times, that the reasons for many of these nations for being destroyed was because of their extraordinary cruelty in war. And Babylon came and destroyed them and then displayed the same kind of cruelty for which we now know is the reason for the destruction. God may allow one nation to subjugate another for whatever reason he decides it's important, but he never, never allows cruelty for the sake of cruelty. Verse 13, Because of the Lord's anger, she will no longer be inhabited. Um, she will be, become entirely desolate. Call over Anyone who passes by Babylon will be stunned and will shriek over the wounds of Babylon. Irchu, I'm sorry. This is a this is a, like God commanding. Irchu, command. Array yourselves in battle formation surrounding Babylon. All of you who bend the bow, who ha, who are all of you archers. Shoot at her and spare no arrows. Shoot all your ammunition because she has sinned against God. What was that sin? That sin was the exaltation in the destruction of their enemies. Like we just said in the last verse. This is verse 15. Shout against her from all sides. She has raised her hand in surrender. Her foundations have fallen. Her walls are destroyed. This is the vengeance of God that you, therefore you can go take vengeance against her. Just as she did, now you do to her. 
um, cut off the the planters, the farmers from Babylon. The face megal magal beis katsir, and those who 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 wield the the magal is a scythe, is the instrument used to our or like the sickle that's used to to harvest the wheat. Beis katsir at the time of harvest, all those people that live and settle in Babylon make their living there by farming and harvesting and so on. Because of the, because of the sword of the oppressor, everyone should turn to their nation. Remember, Babylon had conquered all these nations and had taken captives from all these nations. It was a collection of many people from many different backgrounds, all collected in Babylon and serving the Babylonian Empire. Now Babylon is falling. God is telling them, go back to your original countries. Remember, at the end of almost every uh, message Jeremiah said when he told when he foretold in the last few chapters each nation that Babylon is going to crush you. God said, "But you will come back. But you will come back." And just like the Judeans after the destruction of Babylon start turning and heading back towards the land of Israel, so too will the people of Elam, for example, return to the land of Elam, or the people of. Edom, return to Edom, and so on. All of those places where Jeremiah said, the people will come back. Here he's telling that, go back to your land, you will come back. And then he focuses on Israel itself again. Um, Israel has become like a scattered sheep. They've been chased out by lions. This is an imagery that we used earlier in the last chapter. The lions chased them out. Harishon Ashur. First, it was the Assyrian king way back when, when he exiled the northern kingdom. Itzmo Nebuchadrezzar Bavel, and and um, and now the last one, the most recent one, was Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who has gnawed the bones of Israel. So, in other words, I've scattered Israel around, but Lachain. But they will come back just like all those other nations. Lachain, this is verse 18. Therefore, Koramar, the night's Vosilius, also says, The Lord of God, the Lord of hosts, So I'm going to punish the king of Babylon and his land. Just like I destroyed the king of Assyria. Because Jeremiah is able to say, You saw how Babylon crushed Assyria. Another nation is going to come from the north. And we know that that nation will be Persia is going to come and crush Babylon. Yisrael and Laveu, and I will, um, 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 I'm sorry. This is I just read verse nineteen. This is verse twenty. Vishovavti uh, Yisrael and Laveu, I will return Israel to his pasture. Uh, and he shall once again graze upon the Carmel, which is the uh, ma- the Carmel Mountains in in northern modern Israel today, near the town city of Haifa, and in the Bashan of Ephraim, in the mountains of Ephraim, Vihagilad, another region in the northern kingdom, Tispanafsho, he will satisfy his soul. They will come back. Uh, those that nation of Israel will want re, re, re-inhabit their land by Amimahim in those days of Esahi and at that time Noam Adonai declares God people will search for the sins of the people of Israel and it will not be there they will finally accept the covenant 
with with honesty and trust and faith, he will not find the sin. They're going to look for the sins of the people of Judah, and you will not find it any longer. The people will be with God. And and those that are left, that have went through the suffering of the exile, and the suffering of the loss of the first temple, and the first exile, and so on, I am going to forgive those people that remain. Those people will have been forgiven because the suffering will have been enough and they will have finally returned to me with their full hearts. Al ha'aretz miratayim alei. Go up against her, land of miratayim. Who is this land of miratayim? This is uh, not 100% clear. Um, it, it may be, uh, uh, it's probably the name of a, of a place which, um, which uh, allied themselves with the Persians against the Babylonians. It may also, some say that it comes from Limrod uh, 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 to rebel. So the rebellious ones that are rebelling against Babylon. So it would be referring to all the nations that are rebelling against Babylon and attacking it. Aleago, up against it. The El Yoshve Pekod, and to those people that dwell in the land of Pekod, which is a region in Babylon, Charov v'Hacharim, attack them with the sword and destroy them uh, um, wherever they run. No, means destroy them where they run, where they where, uh, chase after them. and do as you have been commanded by God. Um, more about the war. Kol there is a sound of war in the land of Ishevar Gadol. This is verse 23, and a great collapse. How has it been that the, the, that the great hammer of the earth has been cut down and broken? The, the Baba was like the hammer of the earth, and now it's just smashed and crushed. How has this happened that, that Bavel has become desolate and destroyed among, among the other nations? Yakoshti lach, I have set a trap for you, Vagamnil Kadit Bavel, and you were ensnared, Babylon. This the image is imagining is that God, I gave you an opportunity, but it was also a trap, but you fell right into the trap. You didn't have to do it in such a violent and aggressive way. You didn't have to exult in the downfall of your enemies arrogantly the way you did. But you did it. And you didn't know. You were caught by surprise. You thought that you're just going to get away with this kind of behavior forever. You have been found. Your evil ways have been found. And you have been caught. And why have you been caught? Because you challenged God. Your arrogance was a challenge against God himself. And such arrogance doesn't fly. You can be arrogant maybe against other nations, but not against God. Verse 26 God has opened up his armory where he stores all of his weapons. And he has extracted the weapons of his anger. God has a job here. It's God's job now to go against the land of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. In other words, God has decided to do it and he will. We're at verse 27. Bo ulam mi 
come upon her from the farthest border. Open up her granaries. Um, tread upon her like you tread and stomple against bundles of grain. They used to tread the grain by stomping on it to separate the grain from the stalks. It's time to treat Babylon that way. Destroy her. There shall be no remnant of Babylon. It will be gone. So, um, come to her. God is inviting the enemies and the allies of the Persians against the Babylonians. Chirvu, we're at verse 28, slaughter all of her young cows, bring them down to slaughter. Hoy alehem, woe is to them, their day has come, the time for their punishment. We're at verse 29, kol nasim, the sound of refugees running, we can hear that coming from the land of Babel. And they're running, the refugees are running, and now they're running to Zion and saying that, the, that God has taken revenge, God has taken revenge, He has destroyed Babylon, and the people of Zion are already the Jewish people repopulating the land after the fall of their oppressors, the Babylonians. This is verse 30. Summon all of the archers against Babylon. Um, encamp around the Babylon, encircle it, lay siege to it. Don't allow anyone to get out, to escape. Repay her for what she did, the way she did. The, the same way she treated her enemies when she was attacking. Do back to her now. It is against God, it is against the Holy One of Israel that they have sinned and acted arrogantly towards God. Arrogance, again, is the common theme. Arrogance against God is not tolerated. Therefore, this is verse 31, Therefore, her, her young men will fall in her streets or in, her, in the city squares. And all of her soldiers will die on that day. So says God. Verse 32, I am against you, you arrogant one. Says God, the Lord of hosts, that your day has come, the time for your punishment. Verse 33, The arrogant one, you, Babylon, the arrogant nation, um, will stumble and fall, and nobody is going to bother coming to help you get up. I am going to set fire to the cities, and the fire will consume all the cities that surround, all of the smaller cities that surround the capitals of Babylon. Verse 34, The people of Israel, of the northern kingdom, and the Menehud. This is the second verse again that hints to us that of those that returned for the second temple were not just the Judeans, but also their northern, the brethren from the ten tribes of the north that had also been scattered throughout the empire. They had been scattered there earlier from the Assyrian days, but many of the people of the, of the ten tribes actually returned as well with the Bnei, children of Judah. The people of Israel are oppressed, the northern tribes and the southern tribes of Judea, they have been oppressed together. V'chol Me'anu shalcham, and 
the captors have held them fast and the, and, and held them in their in their captivity and have refused to let them go. But now their redeemer is here. Their redeemer is much stronger. This is verse thirty-five. Go alam. Their redeemer chazak. He's very strong. His name is God of the Lord of hosts Himself. Riv yarivet yirvam. He will fight their fight. He will take up their cause. Laman In order that he will calm the land and he will cause and shake up the people that live in Babylon. He will bring peace to his land by bringing his sons, his children back from the 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 refugees of the northern kingdom, the and the ones from the southern kingdom of Judea will all come back together. Cherev al hakastim numadunai, a sword should be taken out against the Chaldeans, declares God of El Bavel, and all those that live in Babylon, the Sarea, the and her officers and her wise men. Verse 37, A sword upon those people that are the diviners. They shall, they're going to look like a bunch of fools. A sword will be brought down upon her mighty men, her arrogant men. They shall be broken down. Swords will be brought against their mighty horses and riders. And all of the foreign troops that she hired to work for her, that worked with Babylon, thinking that Babylon was so great, and they shall be as if they are women. This is an image that we've seen several times. They will be like women, because in those days, women were not seen as fighters, were not seen as strong, they were seen as weak. So saying that they're going to be like a bunch of women. Their sword shall be brought against their treasure houses, or Otrasev could also mean where they store their weapons, Uvuzazu, and their weapons themselves will be pillaged and taken. Or this could mean just their storehouses of wealth will be pillaged and taken. Chorev almeimeh a play on words here. Cherev, swords will be brought against the, the people, the armies. And Chorev, which is a very similar word, but it means a drought, will be brought against its waters and they will dry up. Ki Eretz Pisilimhi, Why? Because this is a land where they're worshipping graven images and they act in mad crazy ways before their gods and they and they um and they think that that's what's gonna save them, therefore I'm going to bring drought and sword against them. Therefore, this is verse um uh forty, therefore uh siyim etiyim the uh Weasels will live there together with wild cats. And um, ostriches will live there. Will ever live in this Babylon again. It will not be inhabited for many, many generations. Just like God flipped over Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities near there, no Madonai says God, in the same way, people will no longer live there and human beings will no longer live there. Because, behold, a nation is coming from the north. Again, that's Persia. It's a big nation. Many kings and other kingdoms that allied with them. Ye'oru will be awakened and roused from the corners of the earth to come and destroy Babylon. Um, verse 43. They will grasp bows and spears. They will be cruel and mean. They will not have any mercy on Babylon. 
their sound will roar like the sea. They're going to ride on mighty horses. They are arrayed out like an army of men and ready for battle. They're coming against you, daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon heard the news that this was coming and he was felt weak in his hands. And and he um, uh, he was gripped by by anguish and he shook with fear like a woman in childbirth. this is verse forty five. He will rise like a lion um, from the thicket of the Jordan. We just had this image before with Babel, when it referred to Babylon attacking others. Now we're using it, uh, the same image of others attacking Babylon. A lion waiting to pounce. A lion in the thicket near the river pouncing into a Neve'etzan, a, 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 a secure pasture. People of Babylon thinking they're so secure. Ki argia For in just a moment I will drive I will leap out of the uh, out of the thicket like a lion and drive him out of the pasture where he thought he was secure. And I will visit upon him whomever I choose. It is up to me, God says, to decide who attacks who, who wins. There is none like me. And who can possibly summon me? There is no shepherd that can protect this sheep that's in this secure pasture. I can stand in front of me. This rolling history of one nation being ascendant and the other one destroyed, and then another nation destroying the other nation, the other nation destroying another nation, is seems to be God is saying, this is God's way of saying that nobody should ever feel secure, that they're the most powerful, that they're the strongest. Someone else, God can always decide, it's your time and your time is up. Therefore, listen, Therefore, because I'm telling you all of this, listen to the advice of God. And over here, what he's talking about is the advice of God that God gave regarding Babel. Listen, listen to the advice. I'm punishing you for sin. If you actually listen to my advice and you act in the proper ways, then you won't have to go through the cycle of history. Then the nations may be able to actually last. And the thoughts of God, that he thought regarding the land of the Chaldeans. Listen to that advice. If, if, because if you don't, then surely the weakest sheep shall drive him away. Surely they will make the pasture of Babylon in desolate. From the sound of the capture and destruction of Babylon, the entire land, the entire world will shake, meaning the entire political situation of the world will completely be shook. And there will be tremendous cries among all the nations at this destruction of what was once the major world power of Babylon. Chapter 51 is next. Jeremiah will continue with his discussion of the destruction of Babylon. Um, thank you so much for studying chapter 50. Looking forward to studying chapter 51 and even more together.